Hello and welcome to the Cowboys blog post game report. I'm Pablo. I'm Rob V. We thought about not actually doing the show this week because we were so depressed (laughs) again. Plus we've already missed two weeks so at this point (laughs) it was like why come back when we lose? (laughs) They won't miss us anyway. Nobody wants to hear about the Cowboys after that game especially. So where do we begin? Uh, Penalties, offensive line giving up five sacks in the first half. I mean there's, there's so many places where we can start. I think the the fact of the matter was that like the Cowboys had a bye week and they did nothing. It I don't think it was for lack of preparation cuz we did a lot of things on offense which seemed to work once we got the offensive line blocking. Like that's you know, once the offensive line started doing its job a little bit, we could actually move the ball on them. I think the biggest shocker to me was that Wade Phillips game plan this game completely wrong from the defensive side. Like they plan on testing Vince Young early. The problem was they under they didn't expect that Vince They Young underestimated would, they, their receivers. They underestimated the, the receivers, receivers and Vince Young. I mean, for Vince Young to have that much calm in the pocket and I he did much better than I expected. I, just I say do that. I do not support Vince Young. I don't like Vince Young. <laughs> that fucking touchdown he threw into the back of the end zone was bullshit. He wasn't even trying to throw to that guy. He was trying to throw to um their tight end, I forget his name. But, yeah. But, he, but look at what they did. Coming like coming into the game, everybody fully... like That's been their main issue. Is like They've been very run-heavy. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind that that's what Wade Phillips and the defense were expecting. The problem is Vince Young went to the air early, and that threw off our entire game plan for the rest of the game. It wasn't necessarily that he went to the air early. It's that we gave up those penalties, three pass interference penalties on the first drive, and that's like automatic score The right first there. possession ruined the entire defensive game plan. The fact that, that Jenkins had that penalty called on him, and then they uh, converted that into a touchdown, like we, we completely changed our game plan, and that was the start of us losing the game, I think, that first possession. I mean, I guess you can say that a lot. Like, the first team to score usually wins the game, but... And it's not to take anything away from Tennessee, because they're a strong team. When you think about it, even if Vince doesn't play well, even if the receivers aren't, you know, star talents, I mean, they show that they do have some speed. Yeah, the problem is they're not consistent. What it is is that they have Chris Johnson. Everything stems from that. Even if Chris Johnson doesn't have a breakout game, you have to game plan for him. And... Their pass, their pa- <clears throat> their passing game builds off of that. Yeah, they're just a, an extremely inconsistent team. Like it's it's almost like playing the Cowboys. Like you never know if you're gonna get the A team or the B team. And with the Titans, it's almost the same thing. Like this week, the Cowboys got the really good Titans team, where Vince Young sits back, makes a couple of plays, just enough plays to give Chris Johnson enough room, and to throw off the opposing defense. Like it's hard to do that when. When your quarterback is making passes down the field and you have the best running back in the league, that's a tough team to defend. And I think that Wade Phillips was flustered after that first possession, and it showed. And it's just frustrating to think, you know, when you play a team like that that's playing as well as they did, and then we don't uphold our end of the bargain. Like, we, you know, make foolish penalties. We give up five sacks in the first half. It's just... It makes it even worse that you lost because you think, what if we were firing on all cylinders as well? Well, that's the most frustrating part about the Cowboys is the fact that we do often fire on all cylinders, 
but then we have stupid mistakes that like completely negate the fact that Romo passed for over 400 yards or we had uh, Roy Williams with 87 yards and Austin with 166. Like those are ridiculous stats and they're all negated by the fact that it's, we had an overwhelming amount of penalties that we just couldn't overcome. It's the fact that we play on paper. We pay, we play on paper. We never back it up with discipline or any of the little things that a team needs to be great. We just don't. It doesn't happen. We have foolish penalties. We don't protect the ball. We, do, we don't do the little things. We don't play like a team that's disciplined. And I think that's why Wade Phillips gets a lot of crap from a lot of commentators. And he's going to get more crap. It's gonna If we don't turn it around within the next week or two, I can definitely see a coaching change happening. Because well, how can you, you know, explain us falling to one in three, one in four? How can yeah. you explain that? It doesn't make sense with the talent we have. Well, I think the fact that Jerry Jones, like everyone was saying, he didn't he refused to comment after the game and he's usually makes himself really available. After that game, he didn't talk to anyone. He went straight to I guess the owners uh meeting the next day. And I I think that says a lot. Like Jerry Jones is for the worst or for the better, he's the the head of the organization and he makes all of the big decisions. And for him to be that pissed off after the game, I think says a lot for what's gonna happen in the next few weeks. If Wade Phillips continues to lead the team down this road then i mean who knows the problem is like i've always said is like wade phillips does just enough to keep his job i would not be surprised if the cowboys won against the vikings and uh maybe dropped a game against uh, jacksonville but if we win against the vikings and the giants uh wade phillips will literally save his job um but that's not to say that the, the cowboys won't still be mediocre you know they're an extremely inconsistent team, and it comes from Wade Phillips. I, I'm really starting to sway towards the camp that says we need a coaching change. It just, I've never really believed that a coach has to have that fire or that kind of, you know, meanness about him. But I really think that Wade's demeanor is starting, I mean, it has always probably been a problem, and I'm starting to actually see it now. It just, when you look at a team like the Jets that have that swagger because of, you know, their coach, or even even teams that are losing. Like, uh, the the game with the 49ers oh, yeah. last night. You know, Singletary was going to pull Alex Smith out of the game, got in his face, and got a rise out of him. And he came back and saved his own job and almost brought him back for a win. And they lost, but still, you want to see a team that's got fire like that, even if they're losing. And we're losing without that fire. The problem is, like, Wade Phillips just doesn't have the demeanor. And I think that... When your coach lacks that, um, some teams can still be successful, but the fact of the matter is the Cowboys don't have anyone on their team that can make up for that. Um, the Cowboys sort of share that same sort of personality. Like, who on the on the team is a leader in that sense? Like, other than maybe Keith Brookings or... I there mean, really who, isn't anybody. And that's the problem. Like, if Tony Romo was outspoken, it might make up for the fact I that mean, Wayne when Phillips you really, really think about it, Romo doesn't have that kind of... Nobody's got that edge, that Intensity, toughness. yeah. Like, DeMarcus Ware is a freak, but he's a hell of a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Witten is, you know, nice guy. Yeah, even when Barber was our main running back, like, he was a beast on the field, but then, I mean, the guy and plays piano. And then he's piano, this quiet guy that <laughs> It's ridiculous. And, I, yeah, I think it carries over to the field sometimes, and, and that lack of intensity. What I keep thinking about is last week... Uh, that Eagles and Redskins game. I was watching the pregame interview with Michael Vick, 
And something he said really striked and struck me. Struck you? Shook you and struck you. Let's go with that. He said that uh, when he played with the Falcons, like he felt like he would do just enough to win more games than he lost. He says he, he didn't put in the work. He wasn't watching film all the time. And now that he has the second chance after, I guess, prison and killing a bunch of dogs, he thinks he puts the effort in to be a better quarterback. And I feel like the Cowboys are almost that team where they're so talented that they expect to win and they do just enough to get by with their talent. The only player that is beyond that, I would say, is like Miles Austin, who like came from nothing and, and busted his ass to become the receiver that he is. And maybe even Romo, who was undrafted, came from a small college and busted his ass to be a starting quarterback. But the rest of the team, when you talk about Roy Williams... Our Martellus Bennett. You talk about some of our defensive players who are who are sort of expected to play well. They sort of lack that intensity. I think they they just expect to get by on their talent. I don't know. That's how I feel personally. I I don't know. I don't know the guys obviously, so it's a little hard to tell. All I know is that Martellus ben- Bennett tweets way too much. <laughs> yeah, maybe he should try tweeting a little less and dropping less passes as well normally i would agree with that i just think things like that really don't affect what happens on the field i know he probably isn't focused but i mean something (laughs) like a twitter account isn't going to be what causes a guy to drop a ball in the heat of a game like that but you you know what was interesting he certainly isn't focused and it really is starting to irritate me as well i know uh, he actually tweeted this week there was an article that came out where wade phillips uh, was quoted saying that marty b um, left the Cowboys and Martellus Bennett is on the Cowboys this year uh-huh. and uh, he tweeted like there's only one of him like he didn't even take that seriously yeah. which kind of bothers me but at the same time like at least uh, the coaching staff is noticing him taking the game more seriously like when I watch him play now it's almost like he's accepted the fact that nobody expects him to excel anymore <laughs> yeah that's what it looks like to me like he started off like with a lot of pressure on him because we had such high expectations and now everyone's like, oh, he's just the goofball. The you know, don't expect him to break out and have a game like Witten. Well, you can also say the same thing about Roy Williams. Not the pressure is off of him to even be, like last year, he was still fighting with the fact that he was the number two receiver. Mm-hmm. Now there's no doubt he is, and he might even be our number three receiver at some point. I truly and believe he's just found his niche. I think he's realized that he needs to run those routes up the sideline and uses size where you know Romo can keep the ball away from the defender. I think that's what it is. Like they But the fact how that he's nobody found realized... that niche is like a testament to the fact that like he's actually trying now. He's not just like yeah. I'm the receiver pass to me. Like he's Well I think that comes him. more naturally to him too. It's not necessarily that he's trying harder, but being a guy of his size and just running straight line up the sideline is you know, doesn't require more effort. It's <laughs> it's just playing to his strength is what it is. Yeah, but I mean, Roy Williams is uh, one of the bright sides to this loss. The fact that he's playing more consistently. um, And if we can have two receivers consistently put up great numbers for us, we're going to continue to... We put up fantastic numbers, and some of that's inflated because we were trying to play uphill the whole game. But, I mean, it shows that we do have the offense that can put up numbers and keep us in games. But the defense was a liability, which... Which know, they that normally aren't. Never... Like what the the whole point is like we can't depend on the defense to win every game for us, and they've been keeping us in the game, and they've been winning certain games for us, 
And you, you, as an offense, you just can't depend on that, you know? At some point, you have to make plays, more plays than the other team. And it, and we just didn't this game. Uh, the penalties killed us, like you said, and the defense had... There were several plays that just ruined the fact that they did have a reasonably solid game. I mean, they weren't horrible. They just weren't great like they usually are. Well, they, they dug us a hole early is what happened. Yeah. Well, Mike Jenkins dug us a hole early, but And I don't know if that can I don't know if you can necessarily blame him. It's he was playing aggressively and he was just trying to keep up with a receiver who is simply faster than him. Well yeah, and and there's, that's the there's first only thing... so much you can do about that. But how do you not know, like as a defensive coordinator, like Wade Phillips is, that Mike Jenkins is slower than the receiver he's covering? Obviously, the offensive coordinator of the Titans was smart enough to realize that and make the uh, play-calling choices that he did, and Wade Phillips just didn't uh, realize that right away. It wasn't until the second possession when they were already up 7-0 that uh, he started adjusting for that, and even then, they didn't do that great. I mean, our... Well, it didn't even seem like Jenkins was really getting burned. It was the penalties where he was, you know, kind of stride for stride with the guy, but... You know, grabbing, tugging at the jersey. I wouldn't say that he was even stride for stride. I think he was a couple steps back, and that's what sort of led him to play a little more aggressively, I guess is what you would say. But, I mean, I would have to go back and look at at those plays again. But, I mean, from what I remember, I I think that he... I mean, he didn't get completely burned, but he certainly wasn't stride for stride, I don't Mm -hmm. think. And then on a few plays, Scandrick just looked completely lost again. I mean, our secondary can't be a liability for us and right now it's like not playing consistently enough for us not to be scared that there could be a big play every down and it's tough i i would say the good thing about it is the fact that our offense did play extremely well like we said romo anytime your quarterback can have over 400 yards passing and you have a running back who goes over 100 yards that's huge and what we learned as well is that if you give Felix Jones the ball almost every down, he's gonna he's gonna do well. Um, he he showed he can be an every down back. Yeah, and I mean I've been a big like Marion Barber fan, and like I wanted Marion Barber to do well again this year, but this game completely this game just showed highlighted the fact that Felix Jones needs to be our every down back, and the fact that Marion Barber was then given the role of being. Like the red zone guy or the fourth quarter guy. Oh, on a few plays they had him in at fullback, which would be awesome, I think. But he completely dropped the ball. I mean, I think he had uh, like under 20 yards, something ridiculous like that. And Choice didn't have one carry. Like, that's what really bothered me is we have Deshar Choice, who has proven himself to be a pretty solid uh, running back. And who can be that third third down guy, who can be the goal line guy. And they didn't give him a chance. And maybe that's what's coming next week. Uh, it seems like they're still trying to figure out this running game. But I think what they did figure learn this game was they can give Felix Jones the ball every down and he can get 100 yards. And it was a good game from that sense. It was, Which is ridiculous because we, we have so much good to take away from it. But at the same time, we lost. And a career high for Romo. You know, over 400 yards, that's his career high. And actually... Uh, he's tied for third for most yards in a game with Don Meredith. Yeah. Uh, it was 406 yards. Uh, Beeler had 
career-long field goal. I mean, he missed one, but yeah. he had kicked a 52-yard. I mean, yeah, we can't even talk about that. Like, he, he made two for three. I mean, it was reasonable. It wasn't... He didn't go three for three. We're not like, mm-hmm. oh, Bueller's amazing, but at least he did two for three, you know? It wasn't bad. I just don't know what to take away from this game. The offense did well. The defense did okay. It was penalties, and it was that kickoff coverage. Well, what I take away from it is that even players who played well made bonehead mistakes. Romo threw the interceptions that pretty much sealed the game. Uh, Witten had the celebration penalty, which led to the kickoff that had 15-yard penalty, and you know that set up the game-winning game-winning touchdown for Tennessee. Um, but it's hard to blame any one of those. Oh right, right. Uh, it, for it's the entire like a game. cumulative like a, thing. Yeah, that's what that's what's so horrible about it. It wasn't that like one game. It wasn't like one play made the difference. It's an it was, overall discipline issue. That's what it is. So but, what can you say when the whole team just and that's coaching. <laughs> it's, it's coaching. That's what it's gonna start. That's what it is. I mean, I'm convinced now. What do you do then? Like, you can't get rid of your coach in the middle of the year. You can. Some, that, some that's pretty do. much conceding the entire year. And then who are you going to get halfway through the year? You're not going to get a cower six games into the season. He's just not going to do that. What you're going to get is somebody not I, that's I, not any better than Wade Phillips. I really wonder what happens if we give the head coaching job, at least interim, to Jason Garrett. I wonder if that changes the culture at all. <laughs> I I just don't know what it... I, I think Jason Garrett is under as much fire as Wade Phillips right now. He's a pass-happy, like, ex- But it, there's a difference in being the offensive coordinator and being the head coach as far as so then what did, influence you have on the team. And so then who do they bring in as the interim defensive coordinator? Upgrade Campo, bring in somebody else to take over special teams. Campo's not special teams. Oh, wait, you're right. That one dude who had the building fall on him. That's special. Oh, you're right, right, right. <laughs> What's his name? A Campo is a secondary coach. Yeah, secondary. I could see that. On, I could see Campo, defensive coordinator. I mean, that's that's your fail-safe right there. I think the problem is, like I've said before, like Wade Phillips does just enough. Like, if he had lost that Texans game, they probably would have made a move during the bye week, which I think would have been the perfect time to do it. And I think they should have done it anyways. Like, what did the Texans game prove? It proved nothing. Prove that we can win one game. You like you, you said you can't make that change midseason without real cause to do so. Like you fire a coach after they win a game heading into but the bye week. But that's what we've it been saying sense. since Wade Phillips took over as head coach. We're like, oh, we can't really make a decision now. And after last year, it was like, oh, we can't really now because he won one playoff game. Like he just does enough to get by, and it really is aggravating as a fan, you know. What I hate, though, is those people that say, let's get rid of Wade Phillips and Tony Romo. Like, fans are hate hating on Tony Romo more than they need to. Like, Tony Romo is not uh, Tom Brady or Peyton but Manning. But he certainly needs to be held accountable for the mistakes he's been making. The I mean, I know there were only, like, 40 seconds left in the game, and it's a lot to ask to, you know, march down the field in that situation. But that interception he threw, he just straight through it to somebody like it just went straight well, to the double defender. coverage like he tried to fit it he, in somewhere and he failed right i think that i mean why in situations like that he had enough time to go and throw the ball away you know you got to make that decision you got to protect the ball but that's when you have like, when you have 40 seconds still in the game to try and do something the very first pass he throws is a pick 
that's that like Brett Farr factor though that we've talked about before is that like he's just gonna throw it where he's gonna try to make big plays and sometimes it works like the problem is with Romo his bad games and his uh in game ending stupid mistakes are what fans remember day in day in and day well, because out because he hasn't won anything but well, that's the difference between him and Favre. Is but, Favre has rings. But he's taken our team down the field at the end of games and won games for us, and he's taken yeah, us to the playoffs and won a game. I mean, just the fact that he threw a four hundred yard passing game shows that he's not necessarily elite, but he's definitely one of the top talents at quarterback. He is. I I honestly think that uh, Wade Phillips is the problem. And we just need to get rid of him, cut our losses now. And I don't like, think Jerry's going to do that unless he can make a big splash with a hire. Like, if he can bring in somebody like Cower or something. I don't see him making the move just to upgrade Jason Garrett, even though I think that could be an improvement. I mean, you're right. But as we talk about it now, like, I think most people would agree that that would be the most logical thing to do. And that would be the most beneficial things to do. Like, you just have to set an example, set precedents that, like... You cannot have this attitude, this Wade Phillips-y attitude about everything. See, but you made the point earlier about the personnel that we have. Does a coach really, really affect that demeanor when you have the players that already are of that demeanor? You, A coach I mean, can't affect their demeanor off the field, but a coach, I think, can affect their demeanor on the field and in practice. And I think if you set the guidelines where, like, when you step on the field or when you step when you're working you're See, working I think I think that only works with a young team. I mean, you look at a team like the Jets, that's a lot of young players, a lot of impressionable players where if you stick them in with a coach who's a hard ass, he's going to, you know, affect the way they are on the field. So then what do you do when your team, when your offensive line is a bunch of old people who still can't like be disciplined about the game? Like what do you do then? Just wait till they retire? I don't I don't know. Like, our offensive line is not going to get any better. Doug Free is the only good thing we have there. Which, I mean, Which my, is- my answer to your question was going to be addition by subtraction, and that's what we did. We subtracted Flozell and put in Doug Free, and he's excelling at that position. Yeah. So that's basically what you do is you start cutting players, you start making personnel. But then personnel how long does that take? Like that's that takes like a forever. Re- it's a rebuild. So what 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 are we doing then as Cowboys fans? <laughs> like, are we conceding the fact that this year it's... we're probably not going to do much? And I think that's after that Titans game. That's how I felt. I was like, this year I have to set my expectations, and there's a good chance that we might not even make the playoffs now. I'm not completely... We're going into Minnesota next week. Then we have the Giants Giants. at home. Then we have Jacksonville, who again are are sort of like the Titans, where they have like on and off weeks. Like, even if we drop two of those, what are we looking at? Like a two and five start to the year? It's ridiculous. It's a long season, though. It is. We've seen teams that start off and like... With not a very impressive start. And the second half of the season just take off. Like the Eagles have done that. And sometimes it's a big personnel change. Sometimes, I don't know, it just has to do with the way the schedule is. There are different factors that sometimes a team can really turn things around. Just spend a second looking at our schedule. We go into Minnesota. Let's say we lose that, which there's a good chance we we do. Especially if they lose to the Jets. Like They're not going to want to lose two in a row. That's one loss. 
Giants say, okay, we, we beat them. Jacksonville. That's uh, uh, up in the air. Even, even say we beat them. Green Bay, we lose. Giants again at home, we might lose. At, so, at home, These the are a lot are of assumptions as well because, okay, even the Green Bay game, Aaron Rodgers concussion. You don't know if he's even going to be back for that game. You don't know. He's day to day already. Well, you and, don't know about I, health is what I, my point is. All I'm saying is then is then even after that we have New Orleans, Indianapolis, Philadelphia again, Arizona. It's it's looking really bad, and you still have that like uh, hope that like we're gonna make the playoffs and make any sort of in of an impact in the playoffs. I can definitely see us catching a wild card. I don't see us winning the division the way we're playing right now at all. I understand, but it's only the like the five. NFC NFC West is abysmal. Like, just they're gonna send one team into the playoffs. They're not gonna compete for a wild card. Um, the other divisions, I mean, they always cannibalize each other. It just always happens. Even the NFC East can do that with the way all the teams now are pretty much on par with each other. I mean, we may not have the record to show it, but we can hang with any of the NFC East teams. I understand that there's a chance, and I understand that if we get hot late in the season, there's a really good chance. But I also understand the fact that it's going to be tough like here on out. And that's part of the advantage of the schedule as well, is that four out of the, or three out of those last four games are divisional games. So you control your own fate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right, especially when you f- play Philly twice late in the season. I mean, Philly yeah, is that looking... right there can change the divisional race. Yeah. If, I mean, if we just just start handling our business between now and then, win the games we should win, then I mean, we can control our own fate at that point. So then, do you say uh, Wade Phillips should stay, and we should just ride this thing until the end of the season? We drop these next two games, or even maybe one of these next two games, I'd be okay with us going to Garrett. But I at, really would. But at that point, like you're pretty much giving up the year anyway, so like it doesn't really matter. Right. It's it's tough. It's gonna be a tough rest of the year. But the reason why you do that, if if you're saying you know you're conceding by making that change, it's to give you a head start on preparing for next year, to have. You know, Garrett, with half a season under his belt, actually in game situations as the coach, that's what it's for. It's to buy time so that we don't spend the ne- the first half of next year adjusting to having this new coach. Yeah. Well, and the way he there, wants to well, do Well, there things. might not even be a next year, uh, but that's a whole other <laughs> Are you saying topic. it's the end of the world? Well, no, not me. <laughs> there might not be a next year for the human race, no, the so don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into. It. <laughs> what does that mean? There might no, not be a next. No, year. the the lockout might happen. Oh, you know? oh. Like, how did you not pick up on that? Um, I, <laughs> as far as the collective like bargaining that. agreement goes, I wear blinders. I don't want to believe that there won't be football. Yeah, I like how you believe the apocalypse more <laughs> than the collective right. bargaining thing. Uh, it's it's kind of ridiculous. But hey, uh, there might be 18 games next year. <laughs> There might be no games next year. Let's just say it's going to be a tough rest of the year. Um, I think the the last thing we have to talk about is uh, just go over some of the injuries. Uh, Brady James, they say, is day-to-day. He had a sprained uh, ligament in his right knee. Um, that would be bad, to Definitely. say the least. Uh, Martellus Bennett, 
uh, he, he sprained his right ankle at some point during the game. They say he's been wearing a boot every day, um, which hasn't really impacted his tweeting ability. But uh, so who, I love me some Marty B. Yeah, so who knows what's going on with that. I don't think that affects us as much as the uh, Brady James thing. But definitely not. He's uh, Who's a lead in tackles right now on the team, do you know? I, I It's consistently Brady James. I wouldn't be surprised if it's him or Brookings. Oh, okay, so uh, DeMarcus Ware leads the team in tackles. He has 19 at overall. Um, and then Brady James, Brookings, and Newman are all tied at 16, which is pretty impressive. I like that you call him Brookings, even though you're Bro- reading his I'm name. Mexican. It's just like we say J.C. Pennies. J.C. Pennies. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to go to H-E-B's later. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that that's a big loss. And then Montre Holland, who replaced Leonard Davis, but... They say that's just like uh, from him, his swollen eye. He got poked in the eye. Really lame. I guess that's about it. We'll probably be crying after next week's Vikings game. Well, I plan on suicide. Suicide. Well, then we won't be recording at all. You'll no, be you'll, you'll go on without me. <laughs> I'll Happily. just like uh, edit your words together, <laughs> like in the way that I like. We you'll can do like a, like a Brandon Lee in The Crow. Uh, so yeah, I guess that is uh pretty much it all right we'll catch you guys next time on the cowboys blog post game report after the vikings game Ooh. Ooh.